From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. You've joined us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak. Today we continue a series of studies on the doctrine of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought taken from the pen of the great 19th century preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled, Care of Our Feet. The text is found in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 9. He will keep the feet of his saints. The way is slippery, and our feet are feeble. But the Lord will keep our feet. If we give ourselves up by obedient faith to be his holy ones, he will himself be our guardian. Not only will he charge his angels to keep us, but he himself will preserve our goings. He will keep our feet from falling, so that we do not defile our garments, wound our souls, and cause the enemy to blaspheme. He will keep our feet from wandering, so that we do not go into paths of error or ways of folly or courses of the world's custom. He will keep our feet from swelling through weariness or blistering because of the roughness and length of the way. He will keep our feet from wounding. Our shoes shall be iron and brass, so that even though we tread on the edge of the sword or on deadly serpents, we shall not bleed or be poisoned. He will also pluck our feet out of the net. We shall not be entangled by the deceit of our malicious and crafty foes. With such a promise as this, let us run without weariness and walk without fear. He who keeps our feet will do it effectually. Thank 
Down through the centuries, there have been remarkable visitations of God, during which thousands were gloriously saved. Times such as the Protestant Reformation, the revivals in England under John Wesley and George Whitfield, the Great Awakening in America associated with Jonathan Edwards, were times of genuine spiritual revival. The common factor in all of these events was an undeniable demonstration of the power of God rather than the ingenuity of man. In the early 1950s, such a revival occurred on the Isle of Lewis, one of the Hebrides off the west coast of Scotland. In the course of several years, hundreds of people were converted to Christ, and many churches were built to take care of them. Again, the Holy Spirit of God came down in power. The preacher during those days was the Reverend Duncan Campbell. Yet what took place on Lewis was not due to his pulpit skills, but to the overwhelming moving of God among the people. Strong men, hardened sinners who mocked the preacher, were suddenly struck to their knees by the roadside under conviction of sin. Young people in a local dance hall left their frivolity and ran to the churches, crying for mercy upon their souls. Let the Bible Speak is pleased to make available CD copies of what happened during those revival times on the Isle of Lewis, including Duncan Campbell's own account of that, as well as personal testimonies of people who came to salvation in Jesus Christ during those revival times. 
To obtain your own copies of what happened at that time, just request the CDs of The Revival on the Isle of Lewis. You may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. You may email us at info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. Or if you wish, you may write, Let the Bible Speak. 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. You will be blessed greatly as you listen to these accounts of the power of God at work. the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns continues a series of studies in the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. In John 15:26 and in 16:14, the Lord Jesus Christ explained to his disciples that the chief function of the Holy Spirit is to testify of Christ. In John 16:8 through 11, Christ declared the Spirit's work in convicting the ungodly of their sin. His work in believers is to show them Christ and what they have in him. As he concludes this message, Dr. Cairns emphasizes the Spirit's work in giving Christians discernment regarding secondary issues and false teaching. Now Dr. Cairns will conclude this message called The Revealer of Christ. If the ministry of the Holy Spirit of God is so totally centered on the person and work of Jesus Christ, What are we to say about most religious men and movements who have little or nothing to say about Jesus Christ? Or who perhaps denigrate and blaspheme the Christ of God? I am saying that in the ministry of the Holy Spirit we are given a divine standard of evaluation and discernment and judgment whereby we can come to biblical conclusions about men and movements. I am forever hearing, judge not that ye be not judged. It is always wrong to quote Scripture in a bad cause. I am not to judge by one standard and want to be judged by another. 
That's what the Lord is teaching in Matthew 7. I am not to be viciously or personally censorious. I am not to set up myself as a standard of judgment. But my friend, if I am a Christian, I must accept God's judgment. And when God the Holy Spirit has delivered himself so clearly from Genesis to Revelation, that his work is to glorify Jesus Christ, then I can honestly say that those apostates who deny the deity of Christ and who deny the virgin birth of Christ and who deny the blood of Christ and who mock the resurrection of Christ, I tell you they are not Christians. Now, they may be Presbyterians, but they're not Christians. They may be Baptists, but they're not Christians. Here's God's standard. It is against this background that, for instance, we're to see the doctrine of separation. The doctrine of separation is not to come out from people just because you don't like the way they walk up the aisle, or you don't like the tone of the minister's voice, or you don't like the way he parts his hair, or you don't like some other foolish little thing about him. The church of Jesus Christ needs to be delivered from schism that is based on such petty things. But the doctrine of separation centers on the preciousness of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, when the Pope of Rome takes the name of Christ, when the Pope of Rome blasphemes the blood of Christ, and when in every Mass he denies the final, all-sufficient expiation of Christ, I want to tell you, I don't care if, as the Bible says, all the world goes wandering after the beast. As a Christian, I must separate from him. There can be no unity. When Protestants so-called either go along with Rome or sometimes even get worse than Rome and come out blatantly to oppose Christ. I cannot say church affiliation is all important. I've always been a Presbyterian, therefore I'm going to be a Presbyterian. My friend, no, that is not this, what a Christian's got to say. I am for Jesus Christ. I am a companion of all them that fear his name. And I am separated from all those that blaspheme his name. But what about those who say they are saved? This pains my heart. Grieves my soul to no end. What are we to say about our fundamental churches this morning? I believe that I'm dealing in an area that now where men at heart are better than they appear. And I pray God that will soon be shown. But I am grieved at heart when I look at movements of men that never seem to major in the person and work of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you to the extent that Jesus Christ is excluded from any man's ministry to that extent the Holy Spirit of God is excluded from that man's ministry. You can apply this to every movement. 
I am told the Holy Spirit does not speak of himself. He does not make much of himself. He does not boast of himself. Did you ever notice in reading the New Testament that never once does anybody testify, I have been filled with the Holy Spirit? Never once. Now you are commanded to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There is such a thing as being filled with the Holy Spirit. But no man filled with the Holy Ghost in the New Testament ever boasted about the Spirit. He boasted about Christ. You see, when a man's filled with the Holy Ghost, he doesn't need to run around telling everybody he's filled with the Holy Ghost. He doesn't need to boast about the Spirit because the Spirit is boasting about Christ. That's the way it is in the New Testament. What then are we to say about the charismatic so-called revival of today? What are we to say about this? The Spirit. The Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit. Without hardly a mention of Christ. I have... I don't like to do this, and I certainly do, do not recommend it. It would be a devastation to your spiritual life. But for information, I have in the past watched and listened to quite a number of charismatic speakers, the leaders of that whole movement in this country, deliberately done so, so that I may speak from knowledge rather than prejudice. And I say that I have never once, now I'm not saying that none has ever done this, do not misquote me. But I am saying that in all I have heard, I have never once heard any even slight exposition of the person and the work of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, you leave that out and you can stand on your head and wiggle your toes to heaven and say, I have the ministry and the message of the Spirit. I do not believe it. For the Holy Spirit always, always, always boasts, not of himself, but of Christ. This emphasis of the Holy Spirit on Christ is a very strong corrective, even for our own church, and a very strong preventative, keeping the church back from becoming a mere pursuer of secondary causes. For instance, we are against ecumenism. I'm against the one world church under the headship of the Roman pontiff. Not because I want to be a bigot, nice to be liked and it's nice to be in the mainstream but because that Bible's against it and that's it that settles it for me but I have known churches that have been strongly anti-ecumenical and that became the consuming cause and the only cause that they had to pursue listen my friend in pursuing that cause I do not pursue it because of hatred of the Pope or of the Archbishop of Canterbury or of any other ecclesiastical dignitary. I pursue it out of love for Jesus Christ. I mentioned Jess' ministry yesterday 
on this abortion movement. A very powerful message was preached. As a church, we unashamedly oppose the legalized murder of millions of infants. Unashamedly do we oppose that. But again, there are churches who have opposed abortion and they have come to be just little or nothing more than a pro-life club. We are not in business for that either. Oh, we are going to oppose sin. But my friend, the Holy Spirit's ministry shuts us up to one thing in all we do, whether it be opposing this or promoting that. We must focus on the great central issue, the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me finish. not only a corrective for the church but there's certainly here a word for the individual because if you're saved I cannot help but believe that this doctrine will lead you to desire personally be, to be taught of the spirit Paul says though we did know Christ after the flesh yet we don't know him like that anymore there is a fleshly knowledge of Christ And it will do you no good. We need the ministry of the Holy Spirit. When you study the Bible, pray the prayer, or as your prayer, the request of the Greeks in John 12. And you come and you say, Lord, I would see Jesus. Lord, as I read this book, speak to me of Christ. When you're in the place of prayer, the, the Holy Spirit is called by Zechariah the spirit of grace and of supplications. So when you're in prayer, ask the spirit of grace and supplication to show you Christ. I've already quoted Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1.17. We end this meeting this morning. Let us make this our prayer. Lord, give to me the spirit of of wisdom and of revelation unto the complete knowledge of Christ. Now there's a sermon in itself. The complete knowledge of Christ. To know him as our Redeemer. To know him as our righteousness. To know him as our representative at the right hand of God. To know him as David did, as our restorer. He restoreth my soul. To know him as our reviver. To look forward to glory and know him as our reward. Did not the Lord say to Abraham, I am thy exceeding great reward, men and women. That's the ministry of the Spirit. Ask the Lord for that in your life. And I guarantee on the authority of that book that's one prayer that God will answer. May God, the Holy Spirit, do His own work today.
and most assuredly reveal Christ to every heart. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 